0: Good morning, everyone. Today on the show, we are joined by Samantha Wood, the woman behind Food one of Dubai's most prominent and respected foodie impartial review websites. Welcome to the show.
1: Good morning, Casey. Good morning. You have a beautiful
0: background behind you.
1: I know. I love colour. I, when I left the corporate w- world, I swore I would introduce colour into my, my own business. Yeah, well, yeah. Awesome. it makes such a huge difference. Yeah.
0: 100% and you're absolutely putting me to shame um, but let's talk about you. People think you have the best job in the world. Do you enjoy it?
1: I do and it's nine years in to Fudeva so yes I don't think I'd be sitting here now especially after or in the midst of this crisis that we're facing um, if I didn't enjoy it. Um, Having said that, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I mean, just to give you an example, when uh, restaurants started to go into lockdown here um, and the the new measures from the municipality were imposed, um, obviously I was devastated for this industry um, because it's what my whole business is built around. But it's also an industry that I've grown up in. I come from a background of, of hotelier parents. Um, so I I absolutely adore it but part of me I had I breathed a huge sigh of relief because I didn't have to go out for dinner I didn't have to try a new restaurant and I was like oh I can get my health back on track my diet I can yeah sort myself out that lasted about a week and then I was gagging to go back out again but it it does take a, a restaurant review is not just going out for dinner and having fun. Um, there's a day's prep in advance in terms of research, especially if it's a cuisine that I'm not necessarily very familiar with. Um, and, and then I'm going in, I've already got a few questions in mind. I've practically decided what myself and my husband are going to eat. I tend to go with my husband because that way we can just talk about what's happening around us. If I go with a friend that I haven't seen for a while, there's other conversations that dip in and that's distracting. So I'm very sort of focused about who I'm reviewing with, or I might go with someone that's an expert in that particular cuisine as well, if if I know someone in that field. Um, And then obviously it's, it's that experience, Uh, but it's making notes mentally, but I also make notes on my phone. Sometimes photographs are a good memory jogger. And, and, luckily nowadays when you're taking photos, uh, provided you're not obviously standing up on your chair, um, it's not um, distracted. People expect everyone to take photos nowadays. So um, I'm not um, distracting. And also I'm trying to be discreet because I am going in anonymously and have paid my paying my own way um, I don't book under my own name so um that even sometimes if I am recognized um it might not always be at the beginning it might be later on and I also have guest reviewers that go in as well um, and review for Foodiva.
0: But talking about going in, and honestly, this is something I was going to get to later, but you touched on it there. Your face is recognizable. You've been in the industry since 2011. How do you ensure you're getting that authentic experience when people kind of know who you are in Dubai now? Kind of, I mean, they do. You're a restaurant foodie critic that people know.
1: So, Fujiba. Um, is very much based, as you said, on impartial restaurant reviews. Um, Now, when I first started, despite the fact, I've actually lived here now for 21 years and I've worked in this industry. um, So I have a very strong network here. But despite that, when I first started, um, I wasn't being recognized, but a few years in, Um, due to the publicity and the promotion. I come from a PR background, so I made a decision early on that I would not be an anonymous reviewer. Um, I would attach a name to it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily actively promote it at the time, but I wouldn't hide away from it. Um, But as it grew, I was being recognized. So that's when I made a call to take on and um, bring on a bank of guest reviewers. At the same time, um, there were a lot of new openings. Um, Dubai's FMB scene was growing at the time. Um, and I couldn't personally keep up for it, keep, keep up with it at the time. Um, yeah. Even if I ate out regularly, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't be able to keep up with it. So there were two reasons for that. Um, so now, essentially, what happens now, um Fideva is very much based on new restaurant openings. Obviously, we've not had many of, uh, over the last few months, given the crisis, which is a good thing as well, because it gives a chance of survival to everyone else. Um, but I will make a call. I I, I do a lot of research. I tend to know what's happening in town anyway. I will know who the chef is. I will know who the front of house manager is. So if I know that I'm going to be recognized, and um, because I know those individuals, I will send a guest reviewer in. Um, now, sometimes I get it wrong. Um, so I might go in thinking I'm not going to be recognized, but then there's someone there, another perhaps, another waiter that's come from another restaurant I, and I am recognized. Now, it depends, provided I'm allowed to pay that bill. And I make it very clear, please do not comp it, because sometimes they do try and comp it. I said, um, if you comp, I'm not going to be able to write anything. You're wasting my time and you're w- wasting yours. You don't, um, you don't take comp reviews. I do not accept invitations um, in return for reviews. Um, that's my editorial policy. It's on my website. Um, and that's my biggest bugbearer here. Because still nine years in, I still have PRs pitching to me, inviting me. Um, it's the way it's
0: so, done. It's what they, ex- they explain yeah. free meal, and then they expect coverage. So it's it's up to you to d- explain to them. Yes. What.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes, to, if if I am recognised, and it depends. If it's at the end, it 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 doesn't affect the dining experience because it's at the end. You've experienced it. You're paying the bill. You're suddenly recognised. Um. If it's early on, it can affect it. But sometimes it's for the worse, actually, because they get nervous. Um, so the service suddenly becomes intrusive and they start sending out extra dishes and and it, it becomes a little bit disruptive um so it doesn't necessarily enhance the experience um sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but I will declare that in the review and I will make it very clear that I was recognized okay. um, and as I said, um, sometimes it does sometimes I um, go into a restaurant. Thinking. Okay, let me just play it by ear. I might be recognized. And then if so, I won't run the review, um, but I'm not. And then I can run it. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and tell us for anyone who, who needs a little background of Foodiva, can you just tell us how it came about and what it stands for now?
1: Sure. Um, well, I've lived in Dubai for 21 years, initially working in hospitality PR. Um, And my last sort of corporate role was as head of comms for Hilton in the region. Um, Now, my parents, I'm Greek, Cypriot, British, were hoteliers. So understanding a good dining experience, it was was something that was ingrained in me from an an early age. Um, And then I decided to leave that corporate world to travel for a few months and I actually set up Foodiva as a very amateur food blog at the time. Um, I was traveling. It was a way of sort of keeping in touch, um, with friends. I wasn't on the only social media channel I had was LinkedIn. I wasn't even on Facebook. I hated social media. And to this day, I use social media for work, but it's not something that I use on a personal basis. Mm. Um, and anyway, it came back here. There was a real gap in the market. For an impartial restaurant review website with a with a no freebies policy and I'd always harbored this idea of being a food critic but never wanted to work for someone because I knew my integrity and my honesty would be compromised in this part of the world and so I, I officially launched Foodiva um, I mean I call myself a food writer or a restaurant reviewer um, I'm a member of the UK-based Guild of Food Writers. Um, I also organize um, dining experiences for Absolutely. consumers and corporates. And I also offer PR consultancy, which was very much my bread and butter before before Diva. So I have a lot of different hats and disguises. And my, and my business model almost changes every year, as it is going to now, given the crisis.
0: A hundred percent. And as you say, you you wear a lot of hats um, and that you said there, your business changes. So, and I asked you earlier about uh, passion. How, how do you find the fine line of your love of food and impartial reviews while also you're getting a lot of you're getting a lot of messages from PRs all the time. There may not be money on the table, but there may be a a free meal. How do you balance between your business and your passion? How how does that work?
1: Okay. So my passion is is restaurants and reviewing restaurants and that as I said earlier is a editorial, strict editorial p- policy no freebies um pay the bill um, so that's the content um, and that um obviously takes a lot of time to build um, but I've always stood by that no one can buy that um, now, having said that, um, right from day one, there was a business model attached to it. It didn't earn, like a lot of businesses, online businesses, it didn't earn much in the early days. Um, but Fujiba earns revenue through advertising, through sponsorship, um, through the, di- the dining experience is another commercial Um, aspect of my business um, and sort of event sponsorship. And as I said, the PR consultancy, so that that there are other revenue streams that come in. And I'm always very careful that anything I take on, there's no conflict of interest with my restaurant reviews, whether it's myself or my guest reviewers as well. Okay, and right now, uh,
0: did I read that you guys are taking a
1: backseat from reviews? In a Um,
0: COVID climate? Can you tell me a little bit about yeah. that and how that works for Foodiva and sure. in
1: state reviews? Sure, it's it's an interim policy. So, uh, middle of June, once restaurants started to reopen, um, it was something that I'd been thinking about anyhow. Um, once the the pandemic and the lockdown kicked in, but I decided um, to temporarily halt um, restaurant reviews. Um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, practically, um, restaurant reviews are based on new openings. And we've only had, we only had a couple. We had Rocker, Main. Um, we've had Kimuraya yeah, more recently. Um, and there'll be a few more sort of uh, popping up um, over the next few months. But at the moment, and I'm going to make a call on it um, come next month. And um, I've decided not to um, run dedicated reviews on the site because I think it's unfair. Restaurants are having to operate with a lot of restrictions in place at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, even things like masks, um, with the staff wearing masks, that deters from that diner waiter experience. You cannot build a rapport. Um, obviously, we have the social distancing as well, those measures in place. Um, so that, that reduced menus, um, reduced staffing levels, which can impact service. So it's given I rate on six parameters. It's not just food, it's food, service, it's atmosphere, location, price point, value for money. There are a lot ambiance. All of those play a role and some of those are impacted. So it would be completely unfair to review on that basis. So what I'm doing instead, because I do want to support those new openings and just restaurants that I'm going out to, it's more a sort of recommendations over reviews policy. So I'm sharing positive news. Um, and I've made a call that there will be nothing negative that is shared. If I have a negative experience, I will give private feedback in the meantime. um Um, just for their own yeah their own development that's
0: great to hear like it's uh it's great to get kind of the inside of why you're doing it directly from you um but I want to talk about food I want to talk about the great the bad the ugly whatever it might be can you tell me one review that has stood out for you
1: gosh oh I've had lots actually (laughs) I'm but sure. um, <laughs> like with any like with any media channel, I think bad news makes headlines. I mean, you you as Lovin will will testify to that. Um, and unfortunately, negative reviews get more traction and create controversy. Now, I've had a couple of those. Um, the first one was in twenty twelve, um, and that went viral. Even with UK and Italian newspapers picking up on it, it was an Italian restaurant here. And then there was another one that you've covered um, in 2018 I mean all all I really want to say is that food is subjective so I am going in um, and actually the, the the more the more recent one the 2018 one was reviewed by a guest reviewer not myself. I obviously take responsibility for it because it sits on my website um, but it's clearly an opinion that is neither right or wrong but Um, our reviews are always backed up with the good rationale. And I think that makes for an informed um, opinion. Um, So as one of my favorite UK restaurant critics, Jay Rayner, I I, I love all the UK critics, but particularly love Jay Rayner because he can get away with saying a lot of things that I would never get away with saying here. Um, But he said he's famously, and he uses this quite regularly, says, um, there are much worse jobs than writing for a living. It just as there are much worse jobs than cooking for a living. Um, But if we're charging good money for a product that is essentially an expression of our ego, the customer has the right to say what they think, or if they find fault. And so while I appreciate chefs spent hours perfecting a dish and I have huge respect for that so do we with our reviews and on average a review takes two days to research to write to upload and that's without actually eating out
0: this is the thing like the, the what goes into reviews and for reviews that I love to read it's the whole story it's for me I yeah. would never call myself a foodie because I know I'm not one but I love food and I love restaurants and I love reading reviews but I'm nearly reading them for the story behind them and I remember um uh, I was just, I just Googled his name to be sure, but it's Pete Wells, the New York Times food reviewer. Yes. He, uh, he wrote a negative review about a steakhouse and he actually said it was a steakhouse, a famed steakhouse for 20 years or however long it might be. And he said before he, before it went to press, he nearly hid or whatever. He had to write a, a, a summary after to explain his review. He basically said the restaurant wasn't up to par and he just, you know, it, it's not worth the money anymore, whatever it might be. But the the reviewer can get into so much trouble because like you said it's subjective and people don't agree so it's it's nearly must be scary for you to 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 want to give your honest opinion but at the same time know that a lot of people are going to debate it
1: yeah um of course it is and you know I, i i took a lot of advice i have a lawyer um when i first started this out now provided you are constructive. And that is something that's in any review that I write. There are strict guidelines for my guest reviewers. I obviously review um, those um, restaurant reviews before they go live. And I, and I will make stylistic changes. I will never make any factual changes because obviously I wasn't there on the night. Um, but especially when it comes to the more negative reviews, um, we take extra care on that. Um, but as long as you're constructive and you're not you're not naming certain people um, and you're giving reasons. If you if if a particular if a fondant a chocolate fondant if you don't like it you have to explain why you don't like it or why it doesn't work. Um, not. And if it's just a personal thing, then make it clear that it's, it's a personal dislike of a particular ingredient. And then that won't impact the rating anyway, because you're, you're rating on technique um, and not necessarily whether you like mangoes or not, for instance. And, and anyhow, you probably wouldn't order it if you didn't like it. Um, so um, it, it, is, it is very constructive. And I do take a risk. But that's how I've been able um, to build um, that following um, because of that impartiality. And actually bizarrely, a lot of people will disagree with me, but I can only go to sleep at night knowing I have told a true story. Um, I cannot, um, it would worry me and I've never done it, but I know I I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't publish a review um, that painted a glossy picture of a disappointing dining experience. It just, it, it would never happen.
0: But th- that's exactly what people appreciate in a good food review is that they uh, explain how they found their experience. But you mentioned about constructive for the, re- uh, for the restaurants and in your, on your website it says something about uh, for restaurants to take note. If there's a scathing review, can a restaurant redeem itself in some way? If you only write reviews on newer restaurants, is there a way that a, re- a restaurant can redeem itself in your eyes?
1: You know, of course, I've always and I and I have that in my editorial policy. I actually encourage restaurants um, to actually respond um, and to take that feedback on board. Now, they can choose to do that publicly. I mean, in the past, people always used to leave comments on um, on the actual review on the website. Nowadays, it tends to be led through it, through Instagram or Facebook or whatever social channel is more popular. Um, for that particular review. Um, But I I do encourage restaurants to actually respond to it Um, and the majority actually do and and actually that first review in 2012 that went viral, the reason it went viral, and it's great bedtime reading if you've ever got time, I did a whole case study on it afterwards, um, I think that particular review attracted about two uh, two hundred and fifty uh, comments on the website at the time. My website went down three times because it went viral in the UK and Italy. It was ridiculous. It's oh, restaurant? So, um, it was uh, it since closed down. I don't think as a result of my review. It was Janino uh, at uh, Maidan Beach Club, which was at JBR opposite. Actually, now where Rixos JBR sits, it was that location. Okay. beforehand um, and it was an Italian import um, it was a Michelin star restaurant in Milan and it was the chef of the restaurant in Italy that left um, a disgraceful comment using a lot of bad language um, which is why it went viral Um But interestingly, the restaurant here and the PR agency here responded to that pretty much immediately and actually distanced themselves from that chef and appreciated my constructive feedback. Um, So I I do encourage it. Some restaurants take it on. It's interesting. A lot of restaurants do take it on board and do respond. And there have been restaurants where I have bearing in mind i go in and i review new restaurants um i tend to give them a little bit of time to settle in because i think that's only fair but sometimes it's actually better to go in early whilst they're literally hot before they almost get complacent so it doesn't necessarily work to go in later but anyhow i tend to give them a little bit of time to settle in um and then i go in and review um but yes sometimes they will um they will respond to it and sometimes sometimes they don't I do encourage it um but I've I've gone into restaurants new restaurants and have had a relatively negative experience ran that review and actually a few years down the line um they've taken that feedback or not a few years down but probably earlier but they've told me a, a few years down the line they've taken that feedback on board um and have changed um have changed the menu or put some changes in and then I've just gone back in not to re-review because I don't do that at the moment but just for dinner or for lunch and not completely anonymously and the experience has changed and then I may say something on social and then I become a huge fan of that restaurant so it can it if you do respond to it, and I come from a communication background, you you should embrace the negative as well as the positive and you can rise above it and use it um, in a positive way to enhance your restaurant as well.
0: A hundred percent. That's amazing to hear, especially if you're going in early, because I think some Dubai restaurants famously don't have that kind of a... Uh, uh period where they're the trialing period where they kind of open but they they let customers know that it's a trial period so then they open things may not be quite ready and then they actually need a little bit of help um, so it's great to hear and I 100% agree with the kind of the transparency they're responding
1: to negativity because I think that can only help restaurants as they grow of course and actually on your point I mean if that that whole soft opening that 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 that, that phrase should be banned from the, the FMB dictionary. There is no such thing as a soft opening unless it's for friends and family and you're not charging. Exactly. The moment you open those doors and you charge full price, you need to expect feedback. So don't use the, fall back on the excuse that it's a soft opening. Um, if that's the case, then do what some restaurants do. And I think this is a really good tactic. Open and offer 50% discount. Um, until you iron out your teething issues. Because then people will go in, A, that you're getting a good deal, and B, that they're willing to allow for a few errors and they're not going to scream about it on social media. So, yeah, yeah it's...
0: I do yeah, think that's one place in other cities and that Dubai could probably... Uh, yes, learn And um, Before we get to kind of your thoughts on the future of the F&B industry in Dubai, a quick question. Um, is there any review that Foodiva has published that you regret?
1: Absolutely not. No. Great answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've actually never been asked that question before. Um, but no, absolutely, absolutely not. Now, I, I, as I said, I take a lot, there's a lot of, especially when it comes to the negative reviews, um, take a lot of time to make sure it is right. Um, Now, there are times when I have gone in, um, either myself or a guest reviewer have gone in, and the experience has been so dire, there's absolutely nothing positive to say about it, um, that I made a conscious decision to give private feedback. Um, so we've essentially, either myself or the guest review, there's only been two or three of those cases over the years, um, have almost written the review as a mystery shopper report. Um, so it's very factual. There's no sort of entertain, entertainment in that language. Um, and given that as private feedback. And you'd be surprised how defensive those restaurants wow. are. to the point that I've gone back and said, listen, if you're not going to accept this, I'm going to run the review. <laughs> no, I, so, I mean, that, that, that says it all really. Sometimes I do think, well, I should just run with it and not give private feedback.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting. Coming from yeah. someone who's doing this as a business, who knows, like you said, the controversy can get headlines. The fact that you're willing to give the private feedback, uh, restaurants when I see restaurants responding on Taliban reviews and things I think it's great if I know they're taking it on board so the fact that yeah. to be quite defensive uh, shows that they're not fully taking into account the public's feedback so it's a shame to hear. Um, yeah. Very quickly we've talked about a couple of years ago Dubai dining scene growing changing and uh, then you've mentioned that restaurants haven't been opening as much what does the post-COVID food scene in Dubai look like?
1: Well you know it's actually really reassuring at the moment um everywhere and i i've been dining out from pretty much day one i i was done with lockdown after a week i said i was ready to kind of go out again um and obviously i want to support um local homegrown concepts but everywhere that i have been to is buzzing um and it's, it's really reassuring. You talk to some restaurateurs. They have had better summers year on year than last year, bearing in mind that summers normally are quiet a period. Now, this is a mixture of pent-up demand um, because people were gagging to go out. Um, also, the fact that a lot of us are here have not been traveling this summer, whether that's due to travel restrictions or financial restrictions. Now, I think the test is going to be next month, though. Um, because a lot of people are leaving. Um, a lot of people have been made redundant. I know, I mean, half of my social circle is is going. Um, but some are still here and they're packing up, um, obviously with schools restarting next month. So I think the test on the FMB scene and how, how it's rebounding will come sort of September, October time, really. Um, but I think it's positive. I think there's been a lot of learnings from it. Yes, there have been a a lot of closures and there will be more closures, but it was an oversaturated scene anyway. Um, What's interesting, not just from myself, because I've always prioritized local homegrown concepts anyway. um, But when I get asked for restaurant requests, Um, restaurant recommendations I'm I'm constantly asked to recommend the restaurant for a date night or girls night out or whatever it is Um, the criteria number one criteria is I want a local independent concept I do not want to go to an imported concept Um, because they they know that those are small businesses and they want to support them and I think that's fantastic it's it's sad that it's taken a crisis to do that um, it was already happening. But there was already that move towards that, but it certainly created a huge appetite for it. And I've actually realised that i um, not consciously, but I haven't entered a hotel since the crisis, um, because all the restaurants I'm choosing are independents now. In all fairness, some are based, operated out of hotels, and I think in one case I've gone through a hotel lobby to go to a car park to get to a restaurant. But that was just because that was the only entrance. Um, But I've not entered a hotel lobby to go to a a restaurant in a hotel, and and that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think we're also moving away from restaurant dining, a hotel restaurant dining, as well.
0: What restaurant is smashing it right now? What restaurant should we be going to eat at this again?
1: Oh, that's like having to pick my favourite child, even though I haven't got children. <laughs> can name, I, know. <laughs> I can't
0: You can <laughs> name, You can name a couple, but I'm actually talking direct from the horse's mouth. What restaurants are really crushing it? Um,
1: okay. Now, in terms of openings, um, I mean, the two biggies are Rocker and Main, um, and they seem to um see um Rockhead did open before the crisis and then had to close down but i think they're they're very popular um I be, i've tried to make a booking at, at i've been to both but i tried to make a, another booking at, at maine um admittedly i don't tend to book more than two three days in advance that's a lot of notice for me um i don't tend to plan that far ahead um and i couldn't get couldn't get a booking this was a few weeks ago so I I I think it's it from what I hear it's quiet and down now Mm. um but you know I think restaurants that have reopened that are creating a lot of buzz 21 grams and the cafe it's a huge favorite of mine I when it closed down it always intended to reopen um but there was a lot of love for it online when it um temporarily closed um So they're doing really well. Um, They're even taking rest for a cafe, taking restaurant reservations. Um, I think um, Folly's just reopened. I haven't been yet. Um, You have all the DIFC restaurants. DIFC seems to be doing pretty well. Um, You have Avli, Boca, Bibi. Um, They're all doing really well. I was at Royal China last weekend uh, not last weekend during the week for lunch it was buzzing they've always had a strong clientele those restaurants that were actually doing really or relatively well before the crisis have rebounded those that weren't haven't so I think it's a case of you didn't have a strong business plan and you never communicated mm-hmm. so those are the two two issues and the crisis has brought those to the fore.
0: Okay. Before-
1: Mythos is also yeah mytho- I'm half Greek so I'm going to go for Greek restaurants it- even if I it's have, a little
0: bit like but a friend has been recommending it thoroughly so I need yeah. to get there and it's not far from us in JLT but before we get to our teeny 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 tiny Dubai quiz I just want to ask you one more question in a struggling industry when restaurants need to stand out what are the factors that really make a restaurant experience special for you?
1: Um, for me it's it's that engagement um, it's the service that. Has me returning. Yes, the food has to be good, but the food doesn't have to wow me. Um, As long as, if but the service can, and I will return. And that I think is something that is not. um, We don't celebrate enough here. We don't talk about it enough here. But restaurant managers should be paid as much as those chefs. Um, In fact, I would argue perhaps they need to be paid more because they're the ones that have to deal with um, shitty customers. Um, they're the ones that have to stay late until that last customer has left when the kitchen has closed. So um, that restaurant manager and that sort of dying Metro D um trend, um that is something that for me has me going back. Where they they know what I like, they know what I dislike, they they know they obviously they know you might. And when I say me, I don't just mean me, I mean other people as well. They they recognize um, those guests. And even if you're not a regular, they take the time to get to know you. Um, they don't try and upsell more expensive dishes to you um, or a, m- a more expensive wine. Um, so I think that is how restaurants can differentiate. It's that sort of extra level of, of communication and engagement with the customer. 100% and I think especially in
0: Dubai it can be quite noticeable so in some restaurants yeah. it's there and then in some restaurants they're just on point you're just the service is so quick and they're very uh, comfortable and personalized and I 100% agree. <laughs> the
1: the one thing I always ask and it's really and this is where you can tell the good restaurants from the not so good is when you say okay what I, I'll give them a choice of two dishes on a, on a main course menu for instance say which one uh, and, and genuinely, I can't decide between each one. It's not that I'm testing them. No. I am partly, but I genuinely can't decide. Um, and I'll say, which one would you suggest? And they'll some will say, oh, I don't know, because they've never eaten those dishes. Um, and others will, I, I want an opinion. I want you to have that personality and to be able to tell me, I think you should go for that one. Because I've tried all the dishes on the menu, and they should. Um but that also goes back to training and management. Um, and then give me that opinion.
0: Amazing, thank you so much for that. Yeah. I am the next restaurant I go to, I'm gonna, also gonna not test <laughs> it, let's see. But I do, I ask the same questions and sometimes you get an insightful answer and sometimes you don't, so it's great. Yeah. To about it. Now we'll move on to the teeny tiny Dubai quiz with Samantha Wood, where she has 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can about Dubai. Mm. Some are current affairs, some are not.
1: Um, have you seen the Teeny Tiny Dubai quiz? Do you feel prepared? No actually, absolutely not. It's I not didn't even know you were. we were going down that route.
0: <laughs> well this is how we do it here. We have 60 seconds. We'll start. Are you ready? Sure. Okay let's go. In which Emirates would you find Emirates Palace? Abu Dhabi. Name one Gordon Ramsay restaurant in Dubai. Um, Bread Street Kitchen. Which star is performing the first socially distanced Bollywood concert at the Dubai World Trade Center this Friday?
1: Oh gosh, I saw the headline, can't remember. <laughs> in which Absolutely location, no idea. In which location would you find in Dubai? Oh, Blue Waters. What year did the Burj Khalifa open? It was two, oh gosh. Um, Okay. Um, 2010.
0: 2010 yeah, oh. Famous chef is associated with Mix Dubai. Michelin star oh,
1: chef. Alain I'll, I'll Ducasse, but I don't think he's, a, a, he's associated anymore. What is the official language of Dubai? Arabic. Correct. We'll give you that.
0: Is Alain Ducasse not associated with Mix
1: anymore? I, I believe he's no longer. Yeah. It didn't. He's I mean, right, right from the beginning, the... writing was on the wall I think with that one yeah I I interviewed him actually he's a lovely gentleman um it was through with his PR his English isn't very good my French is not fantastic (laughs) um but yeah I mean huge respect for him as a chef but I don't think that restaurant was the right fit for him and I think he knew that yeah one
0: of the most celebrated Michelin star chefs in the world. He, does he have other Dubai restaurants? Was this his first shout? And if it was, why would he, I, I, I've been in that hotel, it's incredibly ornate. Why do you think he would attach himself and then distance himself so quickly?
1: Well, that, that concept was a concept he created for a restaurant in Las Vegas um, years, a few years ago. Um, and then he withdrew from that one. But they had already, my understanding is they had already signed this sort of four or five years prior to it opening. And like with a lot of projects, it, it was delayed. Um, and you know, in a lot of cases with these chefs, they see the royalties. Um, they Their contract may say two media appearances a, a year or maximum four, you're not gonna get more than that. Um, so they just look at it from a revenue perspective, but they don't necessarily look at it from a brand perspective, which I think is, is very sad because obviously a closure isn't good for a brand name like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Tim Rao opened Dragonfly at um, City CityWalk, City Walk, yeah. Um, and I remember interviewing him then and then I subsequently went and ate at his restaurant in Berlin, but it he, he opened it. It was unlicensed, beautiful restaurant, um, and really, really good food. Um, but it was unlicensed. And I said to him, I said, did you, did you not do any market research? Did you not think that your level of cuisine should be accompanied by, um, with, with wine pairing with an, and he said, you know what, Samantha, he said, I, I honestly thought that with Dubai being in the Middle East, that the majority of customers would be Emirati and they wouldn't want to drink. So, they, they do zero market research. <laughs> um, they, 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 ju- they just look at the royalties, it's, it's very sad, yeah. And now he has no intention, he's, he's been burnt once, he has no intention of coming back here again. Well, we've gone wildly off topic but that
0: was a yeah. lot more interesting than the teeny tiny dubai quiz guys if you're just watching the igtv ig version of this know that the full interview is on facebook you can watch our full rundown we talked more about celebrity chefs reviews and all about food diva with samantha wood but we'll give you your score for the teeny tiny dubai quiz you got abu dhabi is where emirates palace is located red street kitchen is gordon ramsay's restaurant the star performing this Friday is Sonny Nigam.
1: I would never have guessed that.
0: <laughs> it was a tricky one. Uh, location in Dubai is in Blue Waters. Burj Khalifa opened 2010, you got that, no problem. Took a few seconds.
1: Oh gosh, you know, I was, for some reason I was like, was it then or was it a lot earlier? I actually remember I was I was having dinner at Rivington Grill opposite when the whole renaming happened from Burj Dubai to Burj Khalifa But I just I was yeah struggling with 2010 or 2011 Yeah. How many of your memories are connected to restaurants? Oh all the time. I know exactly what I've worn to restaurants for particular dinners as well. I know it's crazy.
0: (laughs) No, that's so interesting. I don't um was I I was here 2011 12, I don't remember the renaming. Usually people get mixed up with year was inaugurated or the year the ground broke so I think it ground broke 2004 and it was an over- you see
1: that you know it's funny I had 2004 in the back of me and then I was thinking it can't be that old but yes you're right I obviously had mentally that's because there was a big um, a launch for the the groundbreaking as well yeah and then
0: um mixed Dubai. Yes, Elaine Ducasse was previously associated. <laughs> we have some issue with our writers here. That's me. And Arabic is the official language of Dubai. We only got through seven questions. You've got five of those correct, I believe. One, two, three, four, five.
1: Correct. Congratulations. On the love of Dubai, to my quiz. Oh, dear. I'll 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 get up to speed on my Bollywood for the next time round yeah
0: not at all oh. next time round well maybe you'll join us in the studio once time uh once we settle down a bit and the city becomes more open than it already is in fact i think it's all it's quite open right now but
1: no meetings so. yeah you know it's interesting here because i think yeah it it has rebounded quicker than obviously than you're and you look at london and i watch what's happening in london and, and restaurants there are really really struggling in comparison to here now yeah
0: I think it's great to see how fast the city is moving and opening up. And hopefully you'll be back to your full reviewing uh, soon. And that was the Love and Show, Samantha Wood. Thank you so much for being a great interview. We We had so much fun getting to know you a little bit better.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for giving me the platform. Not at all. That's it for the Love and Show, guys. We're back same time, same
0: place next week. Bye.